Hi, this is Fred Braun from the award-winning Niles Public Works Department. You're listening to WCGO Radio, 1590 and 95.9, Chicago's Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. But not only would this funding help us to be an access point for food, but it would help us to create more graduates like Antoine Green. I was able to meet Antoine on my second day as the new director of Growing Home at an alumni council meeting where he told his story. And if you don't mind, I'm going to tell what I heard that day. Antoine said he was 43 years old when he started the program. He had never had a driver's license in his life, but he had a dream. And his dream was to own his own trucking company. He said the staff at Growing Home took him to get his first driver's license. And after he graduated, he was able to obtain a commercial driver's license and begin working for a trucking company to actually start passing on and transporting food. Antoine said after years of saving up, he was able to buy his own truck. And the day we met, he said not even an hour before we met, he received notice from the insurance company that he was fully insured and now the owner of his own trucking company, TT&J Trucking. (laughs) That moment had such an impact on me because I realized I was not becoming the executive director of a job training program or an urban farm. We were indeed in the business of transforming people's lives. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Green, gardening, and environment radio. Flavored with a dash of humor. Welcome to intelligent, irreverent talk about plants and the planet they grow on. Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome at 877-711-5611. Good planets hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. And true currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Jet streams, perfect air. And here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Good planets are in the main. Alan, 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 Alan. You see, oops, okay, there's that little crackling there. We'll uh, try to, I'll try not to shout. No, as, but it as happened I while Alan you know, was on, too, though. It's, it's part of my theatrical training. They tell us, you don't need a microphone, just speak loudly and carry a big stick <laughs> and look for alligators in Humboldt Park Lagoon. Uh, welcome to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. For those of you who are not in town, ta- those of you in town, as Mike Jackson on the previous show said, everybody knows this. This is where all the news outfits have gone. They've gone to Humboldt Park. I went there the other day. For those of you who don't live in Chicago, there's an alligator loose. (laughs) 
there's an alligator loose. Well, he's contained. In yeah, loose. and the people and and I and I posted some photos the other day of people sitting there looking. You got the cameras, and they're all and they're all just gapers. It's all. I, I liked all, the microphone over the water. That was a, a that was great the photo. best. Channel Seven had their microphone over the lagoon water as if the alligator is going to come out. Wally Gator is going to come <laughs> out and make a statement. Uh, and people in Florida are laughing, and the people in New York City are laughing. And probably everybody in a warm clime. <laughs> no, well, the people in New Orleans are trying to get through a hurricane and now a tropical storm, so they don't care. But they got their their own alligators and their own creatures mm-hmm. there. But we have an alligator in Chicago, and it has just sucked up all the oxygen in the room. And it's not even a metaphorical alligator. And uh, one, of, no, it's real. I know. And what we need to do to attract it, people are doing the wrong thing. They got, you know, Alligator Bob is out there in a the canoe, and I saw him paddling around the other day, and the cameras were all on Alligator Bob because it's the only thing anybody mm-hmm. can see. But they need Alligator Bob needs to be saying this. Alan! 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 Because Alan, I think the alligator's Alan, name is Alan. Al! Alan! Okay. Yeah, that's the problem. We did this contest in the city to name the alligator. We didn't. Another publication did the contest to name the alligator, but the alligator's not going to respond to that name. Chance the, the snapper. snapper. Okay. There but if is. he's named Alan. And uh, all I've got to say is... This is not normal. All right, this is not. So welcome to the show. We got a lot going on today. We're talking food. We're talking outdoors. Speaking of alligators, we're talking mosquitoes. How are the mosquitoes in your area? Not too bad, surprisingly. No, mine haven't been bad. Well, okay. I live in the city. I'm a city guy. What can I tell you? And uh, I don't get Japanese beetles either, knocking on wood. At least I haven't so far. I know. Very quiet. Uh, I don't know what to say, but so far, not too bad. However, if you do have mosquitoes, we have the solution for you today. So we'll talk about that. A great sponsor of the Mike Novak Show, Summit Responsible Solutions and Mm -hmm. Mosquito Dunks. The way to get rid of mosquitoes is not to spray. Okay, folks, do not spray, please. And we'll tell you how you can uh, take care of your mosquitoes. Uh, and then in the second hour, we're talking about open lands and the outdoor map. They've got this uh, get outside. Get outside, you folks. Get out. Yeah, you. Get out. And they got There's the map. Really and, cool places on the map. And then finally, finally, another controversy in the city of Chicago that we've been following for a while. Will the concert take place on Montrose Beach? And will the piping plovers be... Who knows what will happen to them? 50,000 people. Hmm. Yet another person weighs in on it. All of that today on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Molecki. Please stick around. We would really appreciate it. The folks at the Midwest Pond and Koi Society want you to show up in their backyards. Well, you have to sign up, and there's a small fee, but you can see some of the best gardens, ponds, and koi in Chicagoland on July 21st, 22nd, 28th, and 29th on the annual Garden and Pond Tour. It's self-guided, and you can go on any day or on all of them. Tour maps at mpks.org and at garden centers and businesses throughout the region. That's mpks.org. Let's face it, sometimes we overdo physical activity. That's when to give Dr. Bonnie Flaster a call. 
Dr. Flaster is a chiropractor who treats back and neck pain, but addresses foot, knee, shoulder, and wrist pain too, all with gentle, non-force adjustments. And she'll talk to you about your problems and work with you to devise the best treatment strategy. Find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. Do you know that Chicagoans are getting healthier all the time? This is Peggy, and I know this is true because for eight years I've been publishing Natural Awakening, Chicago's greenest and healthiest magazine. And if you want your message to reach this growing market, you need to get your business in front of our readers. Why? Because our advertisers tell us that our targeted readers are committed to improving their health and they're ready to take action. That's more than 80,000 people in Chicago who will respond to your message. They're looking for holistic wellness practitioners, doctors, dentists, nutritionists, health coaches, yoga, even home improvement and landscape experts. Natural Awakenings is a free monthly magazine available in more than 1,100 locations throughout Cook, Lake, and McHenry counties. Call me today to expand your market and grow your business. 847-858-3697. That's 847-858-3697. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. Two, three, four. Well, I run through the kitchen, looked in the paper, said, Oh, God, I'm not in my mother. There's a gator. Come on. Come on. Every other day, I got a gator on the lawn. I got a gator on the lawn. Okay. <laughs> and sometimes in the lagoon. <laughs> Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and um, we're not going to be talking gators in this segment. We're a little, little hollow here, Andrew. I'm not sure what the story is. Uh, very pleased to have in the studio with us. I found out about uh, this person a couple of months ago, a friend of mine who is um, uh, Carolyn Ulrich, who's the editor of Chicagoland Gardening Magazine. And of course, wait, got to give them a ding. And uh, I write a column for Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, and I've done it since, oh, 2003. Oh, my. Wow. I know. We're going on six, six coming up on 17 years here. Yeah. Yikes. I, you know, you lose track of them. Of course, it's, it's, it's uh, every other month, so it's not like, you know, 700 words every other month. That's about my speed. That's about what I can handle. Um, and Carolyn said, hey, and, and the headline on her uh or the subject line on her email was, this is a really big deal. And, uh, uh, and it was about Growing Home, uh, which is a wonderful organization in the city that I've been aware of and associated with and I've talked uh, on this show about, but not for a long time. And um, Carolyn said, they just got a $100,000 grant because of an elevator speech. And I went, What? Okay. Uh so I start I said, Okay, we we can talk about that. And she says, You have to talk to Danielle. Danielle is the new executive director. And um and I said, Okay, I can do that. So let's let's set something up, folks, and uh and we will make that happen. And and guess what? Danielle is in the studio with us today. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Oh, it, it's uh, it's wonderful. And she is Danielle have, Perry. Right. Daniel K. Perry Esquire. Yes. Actually. So yes. you're a lawyer? I am. Some days of the week. Uh, 
what is the uh, the uh, the main area that uh, you do law in or have done law in? So after law school, I pretty much worked in politics the whole time. I worked for the Obama campaign. I worked on the Hill for Congressman Chris Van Hollen for many years. And then I was appointed to work for President Obama in the Department of Agriculture. So always worked in politics, never really courtroom type. So you, you got your chops here. Uh, you're, this is not... Uh, this is not an accident that you're now the executive director of Growing Home. Not really. <laughs> Do you feel like it was meant to be? Is this something that uh, that you've worked towards during your life? I definitely think so. You don't even realize as you're going through life how everything is setting you up for your future. And mm-hmm. When I worked for the congressman, I not only did things, some legislative work, but I did a lot of constituent service work and community engagement. So I would go with him almost every single day, mm-hmm. just speaking on behalf of the congressman, shaking hands, getting to know people, taking cards and having those uncomfortable conversations <laughs> like, ah, where are you from? You know? <laughs> and I got so good at it that now when I have to do it to raise money for people who really need it, it's so easy. So it's just kind of teaching you along the way to get you to that point and then working for the president in agriculture, going around to communities like Inglewood mm-hmm. all over this country, seeing how much there is just such a great need for access to food. And so to be doing this work now years later, it, it's just a setup to to represent the right people and the people who really need it in the community I grew up in. So it feels great. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Flossmoor, actually. I went to home with Flossmoor High School. We were down in Flossmoor. This past week, going mm-hmm. to some of the forest preserves really? down there, Peggy yeah. and I. Yeah, yeah beautiful town. Yeah. So, you know, when I worked for the president, we went to <laughs> tribal communities in South Dakota, big cities like L.A., New York, um, even some small towns like Albuquerque, we're, Santa Fe. We're in South Dakota. We this, Pine Ridge. Pine Ridge? Cause, yeah, because yeah, this uh, show goes out to South Dakota as well. Wonder really? Yeah, we, say hi to so your, If you'd like to give a shout out. Yeah. Pine Ridge High School. Yeah, we built a huge, yeah, Pine Ridge High School. We built a really big um, high tunnel for them. Nice. And, you know, I can't even tell you how many miles we drove through in, um, in Pine Ridge, just South Dakota generally, with no access to food. So, wow. you know, coming home to Chicago after years of living in D.C. and coming to Inglewood, which goes from 55th to 75th, the expressway to Damon, and you have like an Aldi and they just built a Whole Foods for that entire neighborhood. So it feels good to be the only USDA certified organic high production farm. Well, that's what I was going to say. Two grocery stores and the, right, the only USDA right. organic certified farm in the city of Chicago. In Englewood. In Englewood. And now you're going to get to build a third one. Exactly. So Impact Chicago just is an amazing organization. So shout out to Impact Chicago. They give... Well, let's, let's back this up, okay? Because I, I said that you did... There was this... You know, Carolyn says, yeah... See the speech, and uh, she did this elevator speech and got $100,000, but that's not exactly how it worked. I'm right. kind of glossing over all the other work that had to go yeah. into getting the grant. So, folks, if you're listening, it didn't happen that way, because if it were, I would say, I want you to come and do an elevator speech from, <laughs> for my radio show so I can get $100,000 from somebody, okay? We can make it happen, Mike. Uh, all right. <laughs> let's talk. Uh, let's do that. And, and I've got the link to the YouTube of the speech. and you can, Which was and, great. And, we, Thank and you, you heard so part of it at the beginning of this show today, uh, but that wasn't all of it, right? So you talk about um, Impact, uh, I'm sorry, Impact Grants Chicago, and this is a group that gives out $100,000 awards uh, to uh, women-inspired groups, and uh, 
they gave out several awards this past May, May 28th. You were one of them. But getting to there, it wasn't just a matter of coming up on stage and saying, here's my speech. And, you know, it's not like Shark Tank. Okay. It felt like Shark Tank. Did it really? Were you you that nervous? Oh, absolutely. And I don't, I usually do speeches from my memory. So I had no notes. And I was maybe two months into this job. So I I stood there flat foot seven minutes and gave this appeal. Um, It is pretty scary, but Impact Chicago is an amazing organization. Mm -hmm. I I call it like a a huge giving circle where basically 500 women give $1,000 to the pot, basically. And then they come, they make a decision after everybody applies to say, who's going to get $100,000 grants? I think they started with 100 and now Mm -hmm. they're up to giving um, they started with one hundred thousand dollar grant. Now they give five one hundred thousand dollars. They gave grants. out five hundred and thirty thousand yeah. dollars worth of grants in May. Yikes! So the application process, I wasn't even there for. I started at growing home in March. They had already applied for the application mm-hmm. to extend or expand our farm, and by the time I came, my second week, Impact was coming for a site visit. So we had made it to the the second level, which is the top twenty four applicants get a site visit. So it's a group of twenty women who are impact women and they come and they just walk around your your facility and see what you do and, and ask so, questions and, i imagine and yeah basically yeah. so when i i asked what did you guys do growing home has made it to the second stage three three years or four years in a row but never one made it to the finals oh i didn't realize so that when i came in i asked what did you do last year and they said we did a powerpoint and a tour and i was like all right scrap the powerpoint we're just gonna <laughs> do a tour but on the tour yeah, it's, it's hitting that emotional level exactly that a powerpoint can't do so we everybody who worked on different parts of the farm so the job training program the farm um, the learning garden that we have the people who actually run that day-to-day and they see the people who come through the program or the kids who tour their farm I had them make the presentation and then when we got to the end I stood in the lot we have a lot city lot basically Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that had been remediated capped had water sources and drainage and we stood in the middle of that land and I stood in the middle of the circle and I said you are standing on 8,000 pounds of food that could be in Inglewood right now with your help and they just kind of look. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this type of impact, yeah. you could give this $100,000 and we could actually produce food for a community who really needs it. And then you did, uh, on the 28th, you did a speech as well. And it all ki- kind of comes together. And at that point, do they on the spot, do they vote? Or have they already voted by the time you're doing a speech? They do it right there in front of you. And then all 500 women are finally there. So at this point, you've only met 20. And then you go in the room, they have like little cocktail hour where you have a display Mm -hmm. and you have an hour to kind of talk to people as they walk by to go into the room. But then all 500 of them are in the room. All eight finalists make their speech. And honestly, the the people who were most, I think, emotional and compelling and, and gave the really good speeches, I think moved up in the race, depend, no matter what you did, because and, you could feel it in the room. And you did something really important, and a lot of politicians do this, and you've worked in politics. You told a story. Mm-hmm. You tell a story. Don't, don't, don't do a laundry list. Tell a story. And uh, one of the stories about a guy named Antoine. Right. Antoine, Antoine started growing home at 43 years old. He had spent his entire adult life in prison. He had a dream to own his own trucking company when he started growing home, but he had never even had a driver's license. And so the team at Growing Home actually worked with him and took him to get his first driver's license. And after graduation, he was able to get a commercial driver's license and go on working for a trucking company, transporting food, actually. And after years of saving up, Antoine was able to purchase his own truck. It just happened to be that my second day of work was the day we met. Huh. And he said, 
I just got word from the insurance company that I'm fully insured and now the owner of my own trucking company. Wow. And for me, that just blew me away because it's it's different than getting somebody a transitional or a seasonal job or a temporary job. What they just created for him was a whole new life. And so I, I was moved. And that's what you're all about. Mm-hmm. That's what Growing Home is about. It's about creating whole new lives for people who are challenged, who have challenges around them because of where they grew up, because of who they are. Uh, and you address those challenges head on and you help people get into the workforce. Um, started in 1992, a long time ago, but came to Chicago in 2002. Around 2006, you started the Englewood Farm. Uh, now you have a, there was a farm on Wood Street and now there's one on Honore. And now you're about to add the third one because you just got $100,000. Yeah, exactly. That's so, fantastic. It not only gives us space to grow more food and provide access in Inglewood, but it'll allow us to train more people to come through the program. So I think it's just powerful all the way around. This is a $100,000 investment that will go really far. Well, talk a little bit about the, how you help people go out into the real world and find jobs. Uh, and you do it, <laughs> oddly enough, with organic farming. Is organic farming just to start, is it just a way to get people into the workforce or do you hope that they will continue in the food business? I think both. Really, the point of growing home, I really believe, is to show that job training or at mm-hmm. least urban agriculture could be a vehicle to do job training. So we give people on-the-job training in our urban farm. The goal really isn't to create a bunch of farmers, but to show that this is a transferable skill. One, it's incredibly difficult, mm-hmm. um, particularly like this week. It was really hot. Yeah. It's it's hard work. and we, After a spring of wet and cold. Right, exactly, you being know? out and, there in the rain. And suddenly it's, wait a second— you know, because we're all those of us who garden in our backyards, we know what's going on here. It's like it was all very hot and we thought, well, we don't have to. I mean, it's very cold. We don't have to worry about water. That's for sure. Guess what? Suddenly we have to worry about water. Yeah. You mm-hmm. got to make that transition very rapidly. Absolutely. So it's it's difficult work. It's not easy. And we we do the job training program like an actual job. So they have to come yeah. on time. They have to have the uniform on. They have to, it's pretty tough work, but also it's a. You have to be a quick study to learn something fairly quickly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. not only that, but we sell produce all over the city from Green City Market on Saturdays to Logan Square on Sundays, which I'm going to go check out today. Um, they handle money as well. well. That's my my hood. That's uh, your hood? Lo- Logan Square. In fact, I was driving by Logan Square coming up here this morning, which I do every Sunday. And uh, then sometimes on the way home, I stop in. And uh, uh, it's a great, I could walk to it from, from my Perfect. place. Yeah. Well, our actual, the people in our program, production assistants is what we call them. They handle the money at these different markets. Mm-hmm. So when, a, when an employer gets someone who came from our program, you're getting someone who's come, come to work on time for a now 14-week program who wears their uniform, who's learned a new skill, who come, who works very, mm-hmm. very hard, who handles money. Now we can say they're trustworthy as well. Yeah. So you're getting a, a pretty talented person who's we, – we have 150 people apply for our program every cohort. We have three cohorts a year. So these are the 20 who really seem like they wanted to change their lives, who are ready to get back into the workforce, who you could see it when you meet them. They are absolutely ready to make a change. And so you're getting a hardworking mm-hmm. person. And our job training program is not just the on-the-job training actually in the farm that's only the first two hours of the day we pay them to come to the second half of the day which is not just resume writing and interview skills but we have a program that was created by philip hong at the university at loyola um, in the social work school called transforming impossible to possible 
And it's really an emotional resiliency curriculum where we just go through some of the traumas they have been through. And you talk like what? Like the first the first session is called Who Am I? Yeah. Who am I? How did I even get to this place in my life? What's important to me? Where do I want to go? What, where's my future going to yeah. lead me? What are my challenges? But also, What's what the are motivation? my motivation? What's motivating yeah. me to get to my next step? Um, we also have a licensed social worker on site who handles casework for every single person in the program. Mm-hmm. We try to eliminate as many barriers as possible because you could get a job, but how you'll keep that job is if we help you find housing, if we help you get health care. And, that, and then that's, those are just some of the challenges. Housing, I mean, most of us don't worry about where we're going to live while we have a job and you have that sort of thing. And I imagine um, crime is part of it. Drugs are part of it. Um, Expungement is a huge part. Cabrini Green Legal Aid is our biggest partner mm -hmm. and they're able to help us get sometimes six to seven people's records expunged in the program. So you'll get a job this time, but two or three years from now when you need to apply for another job or move up, now that barrier is gone. And Mm. the, the people in the program say that's one of the best parts of being in this program. That absolutely has to be one of the best parts in the program. We're going to have to break here, but we'll come back and I want to talk more about it because you're talking about the 14 weeks of training. To me, I th- I hear that and I think that's not a lot of time. It's not. No. That's 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 you know that's that's three months. And uh, how much can you possibly learn in three months? So it must be really really intensive. Um, very. Yeah, I was read, <laughs> reading through your outline of the different weeks. And it's just like, wow, this moves very quickly. Maybe we can go through that a little bit. That's Daniel K. Perry, Esquire. And she is the new executive director, new in a relative term since March. Uh, took over for Harry Rhodes, who I've known for many, many years. Worked there for 17 years as executive Love director. Harry. So, yeah. <laughs> so let's give. Harry Rhodes a, a ding as well. Uh, we're talking about growing home in the Englewood neighborhood. Uh, we will have more in this conversation when we come back. Hi, this is Peggy. McHenry County's largest annual green living event is also one of our area's best green events. The 2019 Green Living Expo, November 2nd at McHenry County College in Crystal Lake, attracts hundreds of attendees. We know, we've been there, and it's impressed us for years. So get your business in front of this crowd as a vendor or a sponsor. And yes, green holiday gift ideas are welcome too. Call 815-479-7765 or email sustainability at mchenry.edu. Farm Forward is helping to change the way our world eats and farms to promote conscientious food choices, reduce farmed animal suffering, and advance sustainable agriculture. We are changing policy, changing farming, and changing the story by working with farmers to build alternatives that put animals, farmers, and communities first. To learn more about Farm Forward's work to end animal suffering and advance sustainable agriculture, visit www.farmforward.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter and find out what you can do to help. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Farm Forward. Are you looking for a new ride? Ready to leave gas stations in the dust and speed away down the highway? Zero to 60 in under three seconds? Well, here's your chance. The Illinois Solar Energy Association is raffling off a 2019 Tesla Model X, the award-winning all-electric SUV. But you need to get your tickets soon because only 2,500 will be sold. So how do you win? Go to store.illinoisolar.org. That's store.illinoisolar.org. 
buy one raffle ticket for $100 or the four-pack for $300. All raffle proceeds will fully benefit the Illinois Solar Energy Association, a nonprofit working to advance solar energy development throughout the state of Illinois. The winner will be drawn at the ISEA member meeting on December 5th, 2019. Anyone in the continental U.S. is eligible to win, and you don't even need to be present at the drawing to claim your prize. So get your tickets, the rules, and all the other small print details at IllinoisSolar.org today. Look! I got beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, ranch, raw, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, chicken, man. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. You know I had to do that day mix. You name it. You name it. I had to play this. This is uh, I love this. This Shirley Caesar. I was about to say Sunday morning, Shirley Caesar. Yeah, there you go. Wow, bringing yeah. in the gospel for us. Well, and bringing in the gospel of vegetables and right. organic vegetables. Uh, and uh, we have Daniel Danielle K. Perry uh, in the studio with us, and we're talking about growing home. We'll get right back to that. But first, got a minute for your trees. And this is important, folks. Bartlett tree experts in the Morton Arboretum have a warning about the disease pathogen, Phytophthora remorum. Okay, Phytophthora remorum, which has been found on rhododendrons and lilacs that were sold at certain stores this year in Illinois, Indiana, and other states. This pathogen causes a blight known as remorum blight on rhododendrons, azaleas, viburnum, and lilacs, as well as other plants. Symptoms include leaf discoloration and branch dieback. This blight is generally not fatal to those plants, but they can be carriers of the pathogen. And when this pathogen infects oaks, they contract a disease called sudden oak death, which can be fatal. Now, here are some important points to remember. Sudden oak death has not, I'm repeating, has not been found in Illinois at this time. Plants purchased prior to 2019 are unlikely to be infected. Plants that are suspected of having this disease should not be moved or destroyed. Don't move them. Don't don't destroy them. The Illinois Department of Agriculture needs to be contacted. Do not submit samples to any public garden, plant clinic, park district, or University of Illinois Extension office. Here's what you do. You contact the Illinois Department of Agriculture. They are the organization that handles this problem. If you're not sure, if you're not sure exactly what to do, contact the Illinois Department of Agriculture, or you could talk to Bartlett Tree Experts. They have a lot of folks who work closely with the Morton Arboretum and, and the Department of Agriculture, and they will know what information to give you so you can move forward. You can go to Bartlett.com, and we get that out there because we... We need to be aware of this pathogen being now in Illinois and Indiana and other states. So uh, don't panic. Just do it right. Okay, contact the call Illinois. Bartlett. Uh, give Bartlett a call or the Illinois Department of Agriculture. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're talking about growing home in the Inglewood neighborhood of Chicago. Uh, Danielle K. Perry is in the studio with us. Let's talk about that 14-week training. Peggy mm -hmm. was referring to it earlier, uh, and so was I. Um, as I said, it doesn't seem like a long time. So what are you cramming in there? 
So during the the 14 weeks, seven weeks is on the emotional resiliency curriculum that I told Mm -hmm. you about. You go through lessons on or just conversations around who am I, where did I come from, cataloging your strengths and cataloging your challenges, being able to look and see how some of those correlate and how you can use your strengths to overcome some of your challenges. My favorite is forgiveness because it's not just about forgiving other people, but forgiving yourself for the things Mm -hmm. that have happened up until this point. There's one on self-sufficiency and really trying to figure out who's in your community, who can be a support to you. Um, So really that seven weeks walks through some of the traumas that people Mm -hmm. have been through. I think that's really important. One of the differences between our program and others, before we even get to writing resumes and and mock interviews and elevator pitches, sometimes you have to go through what what you've been through and where you want to go. So you can get to the place where you can really achieve the goals that you want. And I think a holistic approach to job training where you have this on-the-job training that's paid, I think that's very important as well. But a classroom resiliency work where you really go through the things that have happened to you. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the resume writing, the interview skills and things of that nature, that gets you to the place you want to go. Because I, what I like about that is if you're looking for a job years from now, you can tap into those same conversations on strength. You can also tap into that lesson on resume writing and fixing up your resume. Yeah. So this is a this is a skill you can take with you for the rest of your life. You know, I know a few people should take that training, including me. All right, I think make me the whole result, and especially the forgiveness part. Okay, I I might need a little of that myself. How important is it to have uh, a USDA organic certified farm slash garden in the city of Chicago? A lot of, you know, I don't know how much you knew about that sort of thing. Probably a fair amount, but I'm sure as you came in to growing home you began to understand that there are a lot of farms there that opt not to go that route because there's a lot of paperwork. Absolutely. There's a, there's a, it's a I lot of... for USDA. I understand. Oh, that. well, there you go. Yes. So, you know, you know, so then you know Absolutely. all about jumping through hoops of fire. Oh, I understand. And, you know, there are a lot of farms that don't choose to be organic. You know, just start there who just decide to farm and then to be organic and to get that certification mm-hmm. and maintain that or, certification. Or to be organic but not certified organic. Right, right, and, right. and their whole deal is, well, our customers know us and they trust us. And right. a lot of farms operate that way. And that's fine. It's very – I think it's impressive that Growing Home is, one, a nonprofit and two, you know, this is a social enterprise. What we make from the farm, we put back into the job training program. And I would say we don't make a ton from the produce it w- because we sell half off in Inglewood, which I think is also impressive. So you, in Green City Market, you may pay $3 for a bunch of kale. But in, in Inglewood, we're, you would pay $1.50 for organic mm-hmm collard greens and right. I, I think that's unheard of not only that but we take snap wick link senior coupons and we double value so if you come with a five dollar senior coupon you're getting ten dollars worth of food and for, for organic produce at that price point mm-hmm. i think that could change a neighborhood if, yeah. if more and more people knew about what we were doing so i think it's very important and i think inglewood deserves usda certified organic mm-hmm. food personally so how has it changed in the last couple of years in Englewood as as far as, you know, Whole Foods opened, you guys are selling the produce at an affordable price really? to most people. How has that, are you starting to see changes or does a lot more need to be done until that, that whole base level is there? Well, I think we have to get the word out more about Growing Home. Growing mm-hmm. Home is on 58th and Wood, so 5814 South, South Wood. 
59th Street is the big major corridor, mm-hmm. but we're kind of off the corridor on a side yeah, street. Off the track, yeah. So that's one of my things I want to do as a new ED is get the word out about growing home and doing radio shows like mm-hmm. this is a great way to do that. We not only want to sell in Green City in big numbers, but we want to sell in Inglewood in big numbers. Um, right now we sell about 75% of our produce in on the north side. 25 in Inglewood, and I want to completely flip that on its head. I want to be able to saturate that Inglewood community, and this addition to our farm will do just that. Um, I think it's great that Whole Foods is there, yeah. but I believe our prices and our oh, food— and it's it, fresh. It's right local. And right it's there. local. It, it didn't yeah. come on a truck. It came out the ground this morning. So I believe the more we get the word out, it will be helpful for people in Inglewood even more. But we have, just in this year, last year, our numbers were 80-20. Mm-hmm. And just in the first six months of this year, we're already at 25% in Inglewood. So the numbers rise more and more. We just have to continue to get the words out. So what are the barriers for to folks eating healthy? in their own neighborhood. Here you are, you have this great resource, and yet you're still selling most of your produce on the north side. Well, people will say that the folks in Inglewood or in communities like that don't want fresh produce, but I completely don't agree with that. I think the first thing is we have to get it to them. We have to let them know that it's even there. Mm-hmm. I, I go into coffee shops and, and local local um, organizations, and there's no sign or postcard that says Growing Home exists. So my first job is to get it out to them. So that's first. Second, I think we have to start popping up in places where folks already are. For example, RAGE, which is the Residents Association for Greater Inglewood, they have something called So Fresh Saturdays every Saturday during the summer. And it's been it's wildly popular. I would say they get 200, 300 people who come every week. We should be selling there. You know, we should partner with community groups like that who are already bringing people in. And it's really anti-violence work that they're doing because during the hours that they have their their event, sometimes it's a talent show, um, but they have resource tables and people are coming out. There's barely any crime in that area when they have their event. So that's a partnership that we could have with a community group like that. And that's getting the word out. That's bringing the produce to people. We just have to I want to continue to make those kind of partnerships and come out where people already are. Maybe getting some of the people who attend involved with recipes or cooking demos or or other things where they can see what to do with some of the vegetables. Absolutely. The Primo Center just opened a commercial kitchen in Inglewood. Mm -hmm. So one of the partnerships we want to make is starting to be a week participant in the the commercial kitchen we do cooking demos at our farm stand every thursday we we sell produce at our farm from 11 to 3 on thursdays and we have a cooking demo and some food that you can try with the vegetables that we have but i think actually going to the primo center which is a little bit in the hub of inglewood Mm -hmm. on 63rd street would bring more attention to what we're doing and have people come out and then they'll come see the produce. So and I get that some people may not want to cook or may not want to try. I'm, I'm not much of a cook myself, but, you know, I try I try to eat the stuff I grow as much as possible and and, and go places like uh, the Logan Square mm-hmm. Farmer's Market and, and add to the store. And and I think that's that's part of it, too. How do you teach people how to cook? Yeah. Well, how, I think that's a big uh, – even me, I, I when I first started at Growing Home, the Swiss chard in our – farm looks gorgeous i mean gorgeous and i'm i was thinking like i don't think i've ever cooked that and then one day they had spaghetti with some sauteed swiss chard in it and i was like well who little cooked garlic. this little garlic it was delicious and so since <laughs> then i've bought it i've tried it i've cooked it and it was great and in my opinion uh kale is a wonder food so mm-hmm. there you go <laughs> 
Well, and you can use Swiss chard pretty much for whatever you scale for. Absolutely. Exactly, and, are, it, it, and it reduces faster. <laughs> are, are you working with any of the schools? Yes. Yeah, so we, we, we give a lot of seedlings and starters to the local schools so mm-hmm. they can start their community gardens or school gardens. We have thousands of kids come out. It Excellent. feels like there's, there's a kid group there every day. Student groups from K to 12 and college come out and tour our farm. And then we have a learning garden in, our, in the back of our farm with 30 beds of produce. We try to produce the same things that we have in the farm in the learning garden so that kids can taste it, try it, plant it, and harvest it. So, yes, we have and lots of And tell their parents that you need back. to go get the vegetables. Absolutely. And I think we can have partnerships with some of the local schools. We've been talking to the aldermen about maybe having um, selling our produce or providing boxes of produce for parent nights and and school report card pickups. We just have to find more ways to be where people are. Well, if you want to find out more about this, first of all, you can go to my website, MikeNovak.net, go to this week's show, and you will see the information, and there's a link to Growing Home. But make sure you go to Growing Home, Inc., I-N-C, because there's another growing home in the country, and you don't want to get confused with that one. And folks Uh, can volunteer or donate. Volunteer, donate. Um, your corporation can volunteer. You can come out and go to the farm stand on Friday, come to Green City Market on Saturday, Logan Square on Sunday, or Inglewood Market on Sunday as well. Well, thank you so much for coming in for to me. the studio. Say hi to Carolyn for Absolutely me. Absolutely, today. You're going to see her this <laughs> afternoon. Don't forget that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We've got more mosquitoes coming up on the program. Mosquitoes transmit deadly diseases like Zika and West Nile virus, but Summit Mosquito Dunks kill mosquitoes before they're old enough to bite. Just float an organic mosquito dunk in ponds, bird baths, and any standing water to kill mosquito larvae for 30 days or longer. Don't worry, mosquito dunks won't harm people, pets, fish, or wildlife. Mosquito Dunks, available at fine garden centers, hardware stores, and online. Visit SummitResponsibleSolutions.com. This is Mark Dvorak, and you're getting environmentalism, gardening, green living, local food information, and sometimes even humor, sometimes musical humor, on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki every Sunday morning from 9 to 11 a.m. on WCGO Radio 1590 and 95.9. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Ego Salon. They use only the safest, most natural, professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color, perms, and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne Keratin Smoothing Products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other.
once again uh, my friends Mark Levesque and Judy Handler uh, playing Honeysuckle Rose. It seems appropriate for the show, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, and I think maybe if we played some of these tunes, the gator might show. Yeah, the ga- we got to be gator-friendly here. That's what we have to do. Uh, before we talk mosquitoes... City Grange, Chicago's newest and most unique garden, has some great advice. They don't care that it's the middle of July. What? It's, it's still not too late to start your containers. No, it's not. No, it's not. Here's the best part. Purchase online, and they will deliver the plants to you. Who does this, really? Yes, they will send you six beautiful plants to fill your 12 to 16-inch container, along with instructions on how to plant them. You say sun or shade, and they do the rest. Delivered. Boom. Done. City Grange is all about removing barriers to your gardening success. Complimentary valet parking on weekends, that means today, 5500 Northwestern Avenue at Catalpa. City Grange, learn, shop, blossom. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're very pleased to have on the phone a great sponsor of the Mike Novak Show, you know, in uh, full disclosure, uh, Summit Responsible Solutions. Bill Stengel is with us. Bill, good morning. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Uh, great. Now, where are you based? I'm in Baltimore. Ah, okay. There's a few mosquitoes in Baltimore, aren't there? There are a few mosquitoes in Baltimore, and today it's really hot and humid, so they're going to be out in force. <laughs> yeah, they are. And uh, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, being, again, that's part of the name of your company, Responsible Solutions, and one of the ways to be responsible when it comes to mosquito control is to get to the mosquitoes. In your in your ads, which we run uh, on the show, you say get them before they become adults, before they're old enough to bite. And that's an before odd way. they start driving. It's, a, it's an odd way to put it because I would say, well, catch them at the larval stage, but that's way too scientific, mm-hmm. isn't it, Bill? Well, it is, and and I, I think it just catches people's curiosity when you say that instead of in the larval stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? what? <laughs> so tell us about the active ingredient in mosquito dunks. It's something called BTI, and I've got some information about it. See, if you folks want to research this, I've got some links uh, online from the U.S. EPA. I've got some links uh, online from uh, Midwest Pesticide Action Center about mosquitoes and and why spraying is not as effective as getting them when they're not old enough to bite. <laughs> uh, so tell us about a BTI. How does that work, Bill? Well, BTI is um, what it stands for, what that acronym stands for, is Bacillus thuringiensis israeliensis. So say that five times. Real fast. <laughs> no, I was going to let you do that, not me. <laughs> so it was a bacteria that was actually discovered in Israel, which is um, yeah, the last part. The Israeliensis, the scientist that discovered it, um, decided to honor the the place where it was discovered. And the scientists were out in the a desert area doing some research, and they found a puddles of water with mosquito larvae swimming around and close by was another puddle of water with nothing in it whatsoever. And it, it piqued their curiosity. How come there's mosquito larvae here and none here? 
And what they discovered was it was because of a bacteria that when ingested by the larva, it became fatal. It was a gut disruptor. It decimated the mosquito larval population that was in that water. And further research found that it was strictly um, affected a insect order called diptera, which includes mosquitoes, fungus gnats, mm-hmm. uh, black fly, sewer fly, uh, and nothing else. So it's used primarily for mosquito control. It So it kills the mosquito in the larval stage, and it's easy to apply in the larval stage. You know, female mosquitoes lay eggs. Those eggs must have water to survive. So when they come out of the egg, they're in the larval stage. Um, a lot of people may view them as, as little wrigglers swimming around in the, in the pool of water, and it could be hundreds of them. And it doesn't take very much water at all. Some mosquitoes can drop eggs in as little as a thimbleful of water. As long wow. as the water remains there for a week or more, uh, that's great for the mosquito larva to, to and, survive. And I think that's where people don't so, realize a little bit of water in the backyard could be that thimbleful. Oh, absolutely. And and what we really try to preach to people is take an inventory of your backyard. You don't need to treat with our product or any other product, if you can get rid of most of your standing water. And uh, people initially might say, oh, I don't have any standing water in my backyard. Well, I'm, I'm looking out on my deck right now, and I see a dog bowl that's been sitting out there for <laughs> you know, a week or more. And, a bird And bath. I have a hot, gutters. a hot tub with a... Yeah, that collects water on top. and Right, right. Or on the side it splashes and then it stays there for a while. I had a recycle, a portable recycle bin turned upside down and and there was water like all in the the rim section of it that you don't even realize is there. So so the first thing people should do is really walk their yard, um, see where there could be possibly any water that, that could sit around for a week or more, no matter how small. So, yeah, it could be under a leaky faucet. It could be mm-hmm. um, at the end of a downspout. Uh, I find in my walks around the neighborhood, there's a lot of these downspouts that they have an underground pipe that leads out to the curb, and it's a corrugated pipe. And those little corrugations at the end of the pipe collect water, and it just sits there, and it's hmm. perfect for mosquitoes. Unbelievable. Well, okay, and and the we've only got a couple of minutes here, Bill, but I'll tell you, uh, what you guys have come up with is the easiest way to deal with the standing water. Uh, first of all, if you got a, like a bowl, the dog bowl, you dump it. But if you have something, right. you, you, something you really can't handle that's much larger, that's where the mosquito dunks come in. You you buy one, you toss it into the water, and basically that's it, right? A pond, a rain barrel, uh, bird bath, yeah, a- any water that you want to keep treat with a mosquito dunk and it's not harmful it doesn't harm anything but those uh species that you mentioned it's kind of interesting uh, one thing that you learn about uh, pesticides uh insecticides is that there's no species specific uh insecticides out there but as you mentioned uh, the 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 species that are covered by dunks are fairly nuisance species <laughs> uh, not not to the oh, absolutely yeah they don't consider themselves nuisance species but they yeah. are 
Um, and so you're not harming bees. You're not harming humans. You're not harming your pets. You are, but you are killing the larvae in the standing water, right, Bill? Correct. So, you know, what you want to do is knock down the population. And it's, it's easy for people to go out and spray areas where adult mosquitoes are, but that doesn't affect the eggs that are still there that have already been laid. If you miss some mosquitoes, well, a female mosquito can lay 100 eggs at a time or wow. 200 eggs at a time. So that population comes back very quickly. All right. We have just a few seconds here, but I, ju- I want to mention that you also have products for ticks as well. It's, I think it's been a, a big tick year mm-hmm. uh, with all the rain we've had. And so I'm going to encourage people to uh, go to my website because I've got a link to the product for ticks as well. Uh, if folks want more information, they can go to Summit. Uh, click on, uh, uh, type in Summit Responsible Solutions. It'll get you to the page. You'll see the mosquito dunks and the information about the tick control. Bill, thank you so much for being on the show and providing a little insight into this. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks, Bill. Captain's Log, Stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. Inexplicable, Captain. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Wharf. Asparagus officinalis, or killer asparagus, was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work. Mike Novak was one of the smartest, funniest people in the horticultural world of the 21st century. Sound red alert. Shields up. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe, author of my favorite children's stories. Captain, I am attempting to access a copy of the masterpiece. Hmm, it seems to be available online at AroundTheBlockPress.com. 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 Yes, Mr. Watt. Yes, Captain. AroundTheBlockPress.com. How many times can I say it? Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. All I need is good food to eat and make me healthy, wealthy, wide awake. Lettuce, tomatoes, root and bacon. What about those sweet potatoes? All I need is good food to eat. Don't be a jerk. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. A lot going on this hour, too. Uh, Very pleased to have uh, a a friend of the show in studio in the second segment, uh, Patrick Williams from Open Lands. We're going to talk about a number of things that are going on with Open Lands. But before we get to that... um, you wanted to do a thank you. You do a shout out real quick uh, because we uh, we spent a pretty exciting week uh, working for Chicago Excellence Gardening Awards, which just closed the awards last Sunday and with the entries, the entries. Yeah, no, no, no. Now st- starts the judging. <laughs> yeah, that we got a lot of work ahead of us, folks. So keep those gardens going, folks. But uh, wow, what what a fabulous response! Thank you to everybody who entered the contest this year. We have far exceeded entries this year from prior to mm-hmm. um i believe it's 42 or 43 city wards represented yeah we have a lot of different wards we're on our way to, you know 
I think next year we're going to hit all 50 wards. Uh, but for now, this was just fantastic. So we're, we're very excited. And just looking through the photos, there is just the most amazing gardens out there from from big, huge gardens to people with very small spaces and, and how they're using it. And, and the stories behind them are incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other thing we need to talk about is something that's happening this Thursday that yours truly is part of. Thursday. 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 Well, hit, hit the dinger. So uh, um, it's a night for Medewin. And as you know, Medewin National Tall Grass Prairie is uh, south of Chicago. And last year, Peggy and I went out there and we broadcast live from uh, Medewin out in the prairie next to a bunker. And if you wonder why a bunker is there at Medea, when you need to go, you don't understand. It used to be called the Joliet Arsenal, and now it's 19,000 acres that are being transformed back into prairie in the prairie state. We're trying to get some of that with prairie. With bison. With, well, I was going to say we're, we're the buffalo roam, um, you know, but the, and that's – they're a charismatic, charismatic megafauna, um, and, uh, you know, and that's – if you can't get people to come down to see the flowers, get them to come down to see the buffalo or the bison. And uh, so this Thursday at City Winery, there's a, a night for Medewin. And folks, it does not cost a lot of money, and it is for a great cause. And the Wetlands uh, Initiative is uh, putting t- t- this together. They're, they're one of the sponsors, also the National Forest Foundation and it's the third annual Night for Medewin at City Winery Chicago, which is 1200 West Randolph. I am your genial MC, and I guess I'm the uh, the Alex Trebek of the <laughs> evening because we're doing Medewin trivia. So let's let's try out our trivia question here. For instance, they say, now this is an easy one, folks. This is easy. The Wetlands Initiative is working with the Forest Service at Medewin to plant several species of native milkweeds, so named for the milky sap in their stems and leaves. Milkweed is important as the only food for the larva of which declining insect? Is it A, black skimmer dragonfly, B, monarch butterfly, C, luna moth, or D, grass spider? Should we put Andrew on the spot? You must know this one, Andrew. I have to think a little bit more hard, more hard about it, though. I got to hear the options. I have to think about it. Oh dear! Oh dear! You you're not paying I'm attention. Watching the clock. But, but that's okay. And no, you know what? That's good because it means he's paying attention to the audio. He's yes, paying attention so far to the we've equipment. Had no issues, but I don't want to jinx it for the second. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean in the past. I mean in past shows because we talk about this all the time. Here's a yeah. second question. In 2015, a herd of bison were reintroduced at Medewin. Known for their placid roaming, these huge mammals can also move across the prairie at a decent clip. When they feel like it, humans can run up to 23 miles per hour. I can actually do 24, but that's another thing. What is the bison's top speed? A, 13 miles per hour. B, 24 miles per hour. C, 35 miles per hour. D, 45 miles per hour. A bison. I'm going to actually say it's the 35 mile per hour. I think one. it's that too. Yeah. I don't know. They didn't give I us. I thought it was the, around 40. It's pretty fast. It, 35. It, I'm thinking 35 yeah, sounds think pretty good. Yeah, I think too fast. But that's another reason why you don't mess with bison. Yeah, and you don't, don't get in the way of a speeding bison. Uh, you know, when people want to go feed them and it's like, oh, come on, folks. Don't be dumb. Anyway, this Thursday, it's 6 o'clock to 8.30 p.m. Um, the tickets are 45 bucks a person. However, only $80 for two. 
and it includes appetizers and drinks. So you, you're spending that anyway if you go to uh, almost any bar or restaurant. Uh, proceeds support the current massive seven-year restoration effort at Medewin, and there's many more years to come, but that's just one of them, uh, helping to put the prairie back in the prairie state. So if you want tickets, uh, you can go to uh, where should we? Uh, well, I can I can just have you go to the Wetlands Initiative. Um, so um, uh, just go to wetlands-initiative.org. Uh, Ellie, let's get this up again on our uh, Facebook page and tweet it out where people can get ticks for this Thursday uh, for the uh, night for Medewin. And everybody show up. Come on by. Have some fun. We're going to do trivia. We'll have some drinks, have some food. It's going to be a terrific evening. Again, it's 6 to 8.30, so, heck, you'll be in bed by 9.30, and uh, and then you can go out and party again on Friday, right? Is that the way that works? There you go. <laughs> All right, we're talking maps next with Open Lands. Patrick Williams, they've got a new one out. You're going to find it really fun. I'm going to make him walk me through it when we come back. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. That's not just a tree in your yard. It's an investment. It's a windbreak. It's a natural work of art. It's part of the family, which is why you want Bartlett tree experts to care for your tree. With 120 offices worldwide, Bartlett is the largest residential tree care firm in the world, and their techniques are backed by the science of the Bartlett Research Laboratories. Call for a free estimate because every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. From Wisconsin to Indiana, from Lake Michigan to St. Charles, see some of the best gardens, ponds, and koi in the area on the Midwest Pond and Koi Society Annual Garden and Pond Tour, July 21st and 22nd and 28th and 29th. Get your maps for the self-guided tour at mpks.org and at local businesses throughout Chicagoland. It's only $15, and tour hours are 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. on each day. Get inspiration for your own garden and pond. Go to mpks.org. Do you love trees? Do you have a great story to tell about a special tree in your life? The Morton Arboretum and Openlands have partnered to launch Tremendous Tree Stories, an online collection of stories highlighting people's connection to trees. Submit stories of the trees you cherish, remember from childhood, or that hold a special meaning for you. Browse the collection and consider sharing your own tree story by visiting tree-stories.org. Tree-stories.org. A good day's gardening can sometimes be a bad day for your muscles and joints. Dr. Bonnie Flaster is a chiropractor who uses gentle, non-force adjustments to relieve pain. With 29 years of experience, she relies on a variety of treatments, including low-level laser, acupuncture, and gentle chiropractic. Visit her at River North Wellness Center and find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. I've crossed the displains, I've forded the vermilion, swum the little wabash, I've followed the apple, the calumet's muddy, and the rock river's clear, but down by the umbra, I courted my deer. Okay, this is a kind of a trivia thing for you there, Patrick Williams from Open Land. How many of those sites are on your map, do you think? Multiple. I've also kayaked on a couple of them. Oh, have you? (laughs) (laughs) So that's our good friend, 
Mark Dvorak. Are you familiar with Mark? I'm not. Oh, he's a wonderful singer in the Chicago area, kind of a, a folk icon. Yeah, and he of came, the Old Town School. Yeah, mm-hmm. he came in uh, and uh, he recorded that for us specially after the show. He just said, okay. Let's let's do this, and uh, it's it's fun to play. Uh, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. As we mentioned, Patrick Williams from Open Lands uh, is in the studio. You're the manager of tell me communications. Communications. Mm-hmm. communications, thank you. Which is not the same as the director of communications. I love the, I love corporate speak. Okay, <laughs> in America, it's just uh, probably also around the world. It's like there's your title, there's your hierarchy. Here, I'm I'm called the honcho. That's all they know me by. And, uh, and <laughs> no, I don't know what I am. Uh, but uh, Patrick's been on our show before, and we always talk about uh, the wonderful things that Open Lands. I am. I am a huge fan of, of Open Lands, and uh, you can go to openlands.org and find out everything you know because you guys. You talk about preserving, about uh, acquiring open lands. Uh, you talk about issues, uh, our environment, and how to protect it. And education. Um, tree keepers is part of it. Garden keepers is part of it. It's uh, in fact, native plant sales. Um, all of the above. And uh, who's who? Who is not a fan of open lands in this area? I don't know because and, and you guys prove it each each fall. Uh, and this year on Halloween, I see. Mm-hmm. The Open Lands Luncheon, um, where you get like 900, 1,000 people all packed into a room, and and it's just um, – it's a schmooze fest is what it is. Um, and, and it's a great place to catch up with people mm-hmm. you haven't seen, sometimes for a year since the last Open yeah. Lands thing. But you know they're all doing great work, and they all support this fantastic organization that's been around since, what, 65 or so? 1963. 63. Okay. It's kind of a one-of-a-kind model in the country, isn't it? It's it, Open Lands is one of the oldest conservation organizations to work in a major mm-hmm. metropolitan area. There are a few of us across the country, but you really have to think about the different type of conservation that'll take place when you're in the third largest metropolitan area in the country, mm-hmm. which is where we are. And so Open Lands is all about connecting people to nature. So we'd run all of the programs that the two of you just mentioned. And now this summer, we've launched a new initiative to really get to the heart of our mission, which is to get people outside enjoying nature where they live. And that's a really good point, because if you're not actually out there doing it, you might appreciate it, but you won't understand it as well as going out, as you say, getting in a kayak along the river. Or uh, this week, Peggy and I went south to um, uh, Wampum Lake, uh, which is part of the Forest Preserve District. Went past Bartell Grasslands. And yeah, and and had our friend uh, David Zaber gave us a wonderful tour of the area. It was just a beautiful day. And um, man, we saw, what were the... Uh, the birds we saw, uh, um, the... night heron. Yeah, nice. yeah, a we couple had... of, uh, a couple of little green herons mm-hmm. in one of the state's newest nature preserves. Correct. Um, oh yeah, the yeah. the the grassland is. That's not yeah, where we saw the yeah. night herons. This was just oh, okay. part of the just forest of the... preserve. Yeah, yeah, we stopped at several different forest preserve locations. And so, and what was interesting was seeing the the ways that they've been treated. Some of them that uh, have had a restoration done, and others that have mm-hmm. not. And we talked uh, – uh, there was a group of us uh, that went down there and we talked about people who appreciate forest preserves as they are, which is to say degraded, and they still appreciate it. But they don't understand necessarily what they could be. And then we yeah. drove down uh, a few miles and we saw 
some of the work that had been done, like uh, by P Zone Associates and other places that do restoration work, and how it opens up the, the okay the the forest uh, that I've got here, uh, this savanna here um, is uh, at Wampum Lake. That's the photo that I've got on my blog post, um, and it when you see it opened up like that, you go, oh, now I get it. This is yeah. what could happen As here. As they've started doing controlled burns and, and removing invasives. Which is why you guys are involved in yeah. so much of this. Yeah, it's um, restoration is a remarkable process when it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, Open Lens has been uh, sort of the general contractor on a number of restorations that were related to the expansion of O'Hare back in the early 2000s. One of those was at Deer Grove out in Palatine. Mm-hmm. And after we've completed the restoration, we did some studies on the impact and with the user experience of Deer Grove. And the studies came back and said that people are more willing to use the forest preserves when they're restored. They're more willing to go for a walk in the woods because they're open. You don't have the mm-hmm. walls of plants crumping in on you on both sides. There's just a much better feeling of safety. It's brighter. You can see what's around you. And I can remember back in the day a few years ago on my show, people talking about Deer Grove. And it was controversial because there were trees removed and people said, you're taking away our forest. But you were opening it up and you were taking away trees that were invasives and had come in and blocked the view and blocked the the ephemerals from, from coming up. A lot of these, you know, one of the things we were talking about on the south side is in the spring – the lesser celandine is a carpet that smothers everything down there, and it has to be removed. And you can do that by burning, uh, and and that's just one of the ways you you treat these things. Uh, there are there are other ways, but so it's 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 a process, and it costs money, which is why you have to ask people for their support. Uh, but you're here today to talk about the new map, okay? The get outside, and mine is the. Uh, Get outside already, map. Are we okay there, Peggy? We're. I'm trying to eliminate the feedback on your mic. Oh, okay. That's a little better. Um, and I have a question. I'm. I may actually make you come around to this side because, uh, 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 Patrick, because uh, I'm on the map here, and I was a little confused at it. I was working the map yesterday, so let's get the confused radio guy to understand it, and then everybody else will. Let's first of all start about the origin of the map. Uh, uh, What is it that, uh, how long have you been working on this, and what was the goal here? Sure. So like I said, OpenLens' mission is to connect people to nature where they live. That's the heart of what we do, and that's what we're all about. So as we were starting to think about strategies to do that that go beyond just you know, uh, a field trip for kids out into nature, we're thinking, okay, well, how can we do this on a large scale? And how can we do this in a way that makes sense? And repeatedly, several of us at Open Lands would have conversations with Mm -hmm. folks who would say, oh my gosh, I love hiking so much, but, you know, there's Starved Rock and there's the Lakefront Trail, but there's really nothing else. Or there would (laughs) even be in more extreme cases, we would have folks say, oh, I didn't think there was anywhere to go hiking in the Midwest. And so more and more frequently, we were having these conversations and said, okay, it's time to do something about Mm -hmm. this. And so we started thinking about it and we said, well, really, we were building on the success of a project we had a couple years ago around canoeing and kayaking. Yeah, the water trails. Exactly. So, and we said, well, let's take this to the logical conclusion and let's put together resources for where you can get outside in the Chicago region. And so we started working on this last year. We found a pair of designers who had some expertise in building apps that help people find information quickly and easily because we knew that was going to be the essential thing because you can go online and you can pull on amazing information mm-hmm. from the forest preserves of Cook County and Lake County and McHenry County. 
but you have to go to all these different sites individually mm -hmm. right. and you're not necessarily, you know, you have to find the information for the places that are close to you, but you have multiple sources. And we said, let's pull together into one place where people can find it and then we'll get them out enjoying these places. Yeah. You're not recreating all of their information, but you're yeah, We're pulling aggregating it together. into yeah. one place. Yep. So right now the Open Lands Get Outside map features 350 places in the Chicago region to get outside. And that's just the beginning. We're going to add more over the remainder of the summer, mm -hmm. and we're going to go from there. How many do you hope to have uh, by the end of the year? You know, I'm not entirely sure. what We don't have a stated goal, but okay. we've already, right. as soon as the map yeah. went online, we had park districts reaching out saying, wow. oh, my gosh, this yeah. is amazing. Yeah, how do Can, we join? How exactly. Do we join? Yeah. How do we get our stuff on there? Well, what, what I found interesting was looking at the big map, and most of our listeners probably haven't seen it yet, but you've got... Um, indicators on there saying how many places that you have in each area, and then mm -hmm. you can zoom in and look at it. It's like, wow, I didn't. Well, I forgot that was there. Yep. Yes. Right. So right. Stuff you don't yeah, you have a larger version, and then you go in. Yeah. As, as you can Peggy zoom said. into your area. Right. right. And it's the type of thing. So I grew up in the suburbs, and I remember driving around as a kid, and there were forest preserves everywhere, and you never stopped to think about them. Yeah. But then when you see them mapped out in front of you, you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I mean, Cook County has over 10% of the land in Cook County is for conservation through the forest preserves of Cook County. Yeah. And and, and uh, as you state in your press release, and you mentioned some of this earlier, uh, it's to get people out, but it's also to remind them that this is really quite a diverse area. You can go to a canyon in, in Cook County, and you can go to to bogs, and you can go to forests, you can go to savannas, and you can go to all kinds of different things, rivers, as we, we mentioned earlier. Uh, you got the great big old lake there yeah. uh, as well, too. It, you know, and we're in an urban area. We're often bombarded with these media campaigns that say, go find great nature in Arizona or Montana yeah. or even right. the U.P., but you have all of these experiences right in your backyard. Right. I mean, we've had some really innovative conservation projects here in the Chicago region that have led to amazing recre mm -hmm. recreational amenities. All right. I'm going to want you to come around to the screen here. Maybe I can... Nah, come around. No, the head, the headset will go that I, far. I can probably walk you through he it. Has it I know it pretty well. Okay, but <laughs> I, I want you to see what I'm, what I'm saying here. But you can come around. That's all right. Uh, you can even turn that off for a second there, uh... Uh, all right, we're we're in front of the uh, map here, and all of us are gathered here <laughs> on this side. So, for instance, gathered around in front right, of the map. Uh, what do the numbers when you go to the big map? What do the numbers represent? Sure. So, when you're on the map version, you have every single location that we have is given a number. And so, when you but zoom but sometimes in, sometimes you have right, different. So there's different ones. numbers, and it's showing you how many are in that particular area. And the closer so, you zoom in, they break down and fewer and fewer. But why are there three ones in the big map? It, there's only one there, or there's seven there when you zoom in. Yeah, it doesn't denote any type of ranking. It doesn't denote any. No, type no, of no. Preference. But, but I, I thought it denoted each. So each number doesn't represent a separate area. It does, but it only the pinpoint represents an area. It's not trying to show you that there, you know. So the farther you're zoomed out, you're going to have a few that look like there's multi, that it might say mm -hmm. like seven yeah. because there's going to be a bunch of sites that are close together. But once you get down, once you zoom in, they start to spread out a little further and oh, so further. So that's the number of sites mm -hmm. at, at yes. that point. Yes. 
Now I got it. Yes. See, I was. I think you might want to add that. So I, I, right for yeah, and you know, and this is a work in progress. We're going to be building and making changes all along. But for instance, in the Barrington area, you have a number of places to get out. So sure. if you're hovering above the Barrington area, it may say twelve, and as you get closer to Barrington Hills, it'll break down. You'll have four and eight and that sort of thing. And then as you get closer, they break out and show you what's there. Okay, and so for instance, I'm looking at. Uh, Deer Grove Nature mm-hmm. Preserve and yep. uh, that we were talking about, and there's a three. That, I mean, I zoomed mm-hmm. in to the area near Lake Zurich, yep. And then Deer Grove pops up, and you click on the three, and there are three little ones mm-hmm. that pop mm-hmm. up. Okay, this is okay. I, I, I now I now yep. I understand. They're nested like those little toys. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Yes. Yeah, and I think that somehow we we need to to get that across. Now, how do you zoom out? That's the part I was trying. Yeah, to I had think. to refresh the page to zoom. Yeah, you, it's hard to zoom, zoom out. Back out. Do you? Okay. Is it, that's something you guys, because once you zoom in, you got to, as Peggy said, you have to refresh the page. And, you know, and this is all brand new. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're we're walking you through yeah. it here uh, uh, live on the radio on the Mike Novak show. But it's, uh, you know, it's just really cool, though. You're looking at the city and you're seeing a 28 sitting right there or an 11 or a 7. And yep. it's Those are it's all almost like, places. wow, how yeah. much... Exactly. Where, where are they? So you want to go in and look and see where. And one of the other things you can do when you're taking a look at the map is you can type in your address mm-hmm. and it'll return the places yeah. that are closest to you. So if you really, if All it's right, the, I'm going to see what because I'm smack in the middle of the city. So I'm going to put my address in there. Hold on. Talk amongst yourselves. It's the type of thing that if you put in your address, if you're if it's a Saturday afternoon, you're like, man, it's a great day. I'd love to get yeah. outside, but you know what's nearby? Yeah. Well, you can just type in what, your address. What, what and can I take you... my bike to? Or exactly. drive to? Ah, you know what the nearest place is to me? Uh, <laughs> Alligator <laughs> Alley. Chance, chance the uh, snapper. Chance the snapper. <laughs> chance the snapper. <laughs> Probably going to come. <laughs> uh, but it's Humboldt Park, which is a beautiful place to be if you're in the one city. of the city's best. But uh, it's in. in when you click on it, like you said, you're going to the other information. Yes. It's aggr- a- aggregating, like I was pulling up um, Lake County Forest Preserve information when I was looking at some of the yes. sites. So what we did is we went through and we pulled together some of the general information on mm-hmm. each of these sites. And then there's a link that takes you right there to the website of the organization okay. that owns it. I'm looking at Chicago where you have a bunch uh, there right in the center Mm-hmm. of the city and there's a lot more than you would think uh, you would uh, think the park district has done an amazing job uh carrying taking care of the natural mm-hmm. areas in some of the parks and adding to the natural areas in some of the parks and so that was our that was our focus we don't have the entirety of the chicago park system in there and we do intend to build that in but we when we for the launch yeah. we threw in some of the really major parks but i will tell you and i, I I'm, I'm not beating a uh, a dead alligator here um, there's got to be a way once you zoom in to be able to zoom back out. And I'm finding that that doesn't happen right now. And, you know, these are, these are things you discover because, uh, when we do interactive stuff on, on my website or in other websites we have, that's the hardest thing is trying to figure out how to make the interactive part work. How far afield do you go from Chicago? I know you want folks in this area, but you go into Indiana. Mm-hmm. You go. Yeah. So, so mm-hmm. we started with, um, land that's held by the federal government, by the state of Illinois, um, some of the county forest preserves and some of the Chicago Park District, and then a handful of sites in northwest Indiana mm-hmm. and um, southeastern Wisconsin. Yeah. And so we in Illinois, we have information that covers 
McHenry County, Lake, DuPage, Cook, and Will, and then a handful of sites beyond that, and then up into Wisconsin. And, and you Northwest expect Indiana. to expand And we it. are definitely going to expand beyond that. So yeah. maybe down to the Vermilion or something? Yeah, possibly. I mean, it's a matter of we're, we're going to be reaching out to a few of our partners over the remainder of the mm-hmm. summer and saying, hey, we know yeah. we'd really love to get your information on here. We've had a lot who have already reached out and said, we'd love to get on here. So, you know. All right, that's Patrick Williams from Open Lands. We're talking about their new Get Outside map. And as I said in my headline, get outside already. Yeah, you. All right, (laughs) so uh, make sure you do that, especially while the weather is nice and warm and there aren't too many mosquitoes yet. All right, we've got some other subjects we're going to talk about with Patrick Williams. When we come back, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Did you know that a running toilet can waste up to 200 gallons of water per day? In the Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. Water is a precious and vital resource, and 750 million people on this planet don't have access to safe, clean water. So let's not waste what we have, okay? According to the EPA, we lose over 1 trillion gallons of water a year to household leaks. So let's fix those leaky faucets, folks. While you're at it, consider installing a low-flow showerhead and a low-flow toilet. And maybe sing a shorter song when you're in the shower, because Americans also use 1.2 trillion gallons of water just showering every year. Just saying. I'm Green Diva Meg. Find more useful Green Diva podcasts, videos, and of course, lots of low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green at thegreendivas.com. This is Mike Novak. Serious and even not so serious gardeners in the Chicago area know that there's a year-round resource that always comes in handy. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine. It's the garden magazine for our region, and it's packed with information about plants indoors and out. Every issue contains insightful articles by gardening pros, fantastic photos, science, and more. With features like what to do in the garden, design tips, and Chicagoland natives, you're going to be ready to grab a trowel and dig. Even I have a column in the inside back page of every issue. It's practically fact-free, and I'm proud of it. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. Go to chicagolandgardening.com and get a subscription. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600. You belong among the wildflowers. That doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> Wildflowers I get, but... And then then we're going to put you in a boat and cast you adrift. All right. It's our Tom Petty uh, tribute today. I think he meant sailing. Uh, he might have. I just think of putting somebody in a boat and pushing it out and saying, I'll see you later. Uh, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Molecki. We will get back to our conversation with Patrick Williams in just a second. But uh, City Grange, Chicago's newest and most unique garden center says that there's nothing like making memories in the summer garden. Join crafter extraordinaire Linda, now uh, I think it's Lucky, or L-A-A-K-E, Lake, Lake, Lake? I might be Lake, for a one-hour... Linda, uh, Linda, Linda. Linda L., 
Join Linda L. for a one-hour nature-based craft-slash-educational activity for children ages 4 to 10. Now, parents can participate or browse while the fun happens, but they must be on the premises. Participating kids will receive a discovery passport. They can stamp after each Saturday. Full passports get a prize after the final session, and there are seven dates, July 20th. Those are Saturdays, July 20th to September 14th. You want to find out more information, go to citygrange.com. Complimentary valet parking on weekends. That means today, Sunday, 5500 Northwestern Avenue at Catalpa City Grange, United We Blossom. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We were, uh, a couple of things I want to get back to on the map before we go to these other issues. You were talking about some of the filter functions on uh, the map as well. I want to make sure that it's mm-hmm. not ju- people know it's not just a map. You can yeah. type in stuff and, and search that way as well. And you were relating a great story about a couple of people who have sure. some accessibility yeah. challenges. Yeah, so we were very intentional as we were building this map about considering the user experience. So we wanted it to be quick, we wanted it to be easy, and we wanted it to be as intuitive as possible. And so one of the functions that you can do is to actually filter some of the sites that we have by the type of activity you're looking for or the type of benefit that's offered. Mm -hmm. So for instance, you can look up places that have restored natural areas or you can look up a place that's accessible by public transportation. And you can do multiple. So if you want to look up a place that has bird watching, you can look up that. And a place that has paved trails together, you can find places that have Mm -hmm. both of those so you can go out. And a great example of that is as soon as we sent out our first email announcing this, we had a nice lady write back who said, you know, this is so much more than a map for me. My husband and I both are, con- we both use walkers to get around and we both love bird watching and we love to be outside and most of all, we love to be together. And we had no idea that all of these places existed. You've highlighted so many opportunities for us mm-hmm. to be outside together, to enjoy bird watching and to be in a place that we can both access. And so we're really thrilled that we're getting those types of testimonials back. People saying this is a brand new, this is a game changer. Yeah. Mm, so That's fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah. Good for you. All right. Now let's get to a couple of other things going on, uh, issues that you guys are covering. You, and you do a lot uh, in uh, in the news world, the political world, uh, where it relates to the environment and to nature. And one of them is the Route 53 extension, which people have been talking about, it seems, forever. Um, and it's actually part of a, a larger project called the Tri-County Access Project uh, in Cook Lake and McHenry Counties. Now, there are people who say we need to just get that Route 53 finished and we got to push it through these uh, open areas. And, of course, Open Lands is not the kind of organization that's going to be in favor of that. And suddenly it changed this week. Uh, they uh, yeah, and, and Peggy's got her <laughs> hands in the air. Put your hands in the air like you just don't care. Well, I'm I'm no, this, it's yay. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> no, like you do care. Like you yeah. just do care. Um, I, I'm the same way. I think. Yeah, I I just don't. I, we we got to stop building highways. Okay, it's just like. And and I live in the county, so I understand the traffic congestion. But, yay. So yeah. tell, tell us what happened there. Yeah, so it, it, as you said, it, we do a lot, and yet this was even a busy week for us. Yeah. So on Tuesday of this week, the Lake County Board mm-hmm. voted to basically consider transportation alternatives to the Route 53 extension, which would have run from basically Palatine and Cook all the way up towards Grays Lake. Mm-hmm. And that was exciting news for us. We, you know, it, it basically was a signal that said, all right, maybe we need to take a step back, look at what we have and look how we can improve it rather than what new items we can build. And then so on Friday, we had the Illinois Tollway announced that they were basically halting work 
on the Route 53 extension north. And the and environmental studies. The, with it. the environmental yeah. studies, they were, Yeah, they were about to do that, yeah. or and, were in the midst of it. And then the very exciting news that was totally unexpected is that lunchtime on Friday, they turned around and also said, we're actually going to cancel work on the entire Tri-County Access Project, which included the Route 53 extension, the Route 120 bypass, and the Lake McHenry corridor, which would have run west out of the heart of Lake County up into the eastern section of McHenry County. Mm -hmm. And they're looking at alternative means of easing congestion and traffic flow. I mean, we've got to do 21st century solutions. Building big, massive highways is a 20th century solution. It's time to move on. And you don't get those lands back. That's that's something that opens, Open Lands has known for a yeah. long time. And uh, the Tollway Authority owns the land already, mm-hmm. but it's not built on. Yep. And there was, you know, there it's were like 1,100 some, acres, right? Uh, for the Route 53 extension, yeah, yes, right. I believe so. And so, you know, there were there were a lot of things that were impacted. We were concerned about the impacts that this would have on community health. We were concerned about the impacts that these projects would have had on the natural areas. And Open Lands has always held the belief that we don't have to sacrifice the health of communities or our best natural features to move people. And I know that there's people, some people may be listening to this program right now who say, no, we really need to have those roads or it's going to hurt business and it's we're not going to move forward. And I'm, again, I already said what I, I am going to say about it, which is we don't get those lands back once mm-hmm. they're built. So I say congratulations to uh, the folks up there for, for making, and the Illinois Tollway, uh, for for making a really enlightened decision, if you ask me. Yeah, we want to commend the tollway for making the right decision in this instance. And, you know, there's there's more to it. Open Lands is, we're a landowner in Lake County, and we have a 50-plus year history of working in Lake County, including the merger with Conserve Lake County mm-hmm. in January 2018. We have a renewed commitment to it. So we're there for the long haul. We're not just there to celebrate this victory and get out. We want to be a part of the next phase and make sure that we're going to develop a comprehensive and complementary plan that can accommodate the growth of a region and the needs of a growing region with the need to address climate change and the need to respect our natural areas. Now, here's the problem. Now, you you I don't know if it's, it's, it's actually a good problem because you have all this land now that has been set aside. I would imagine that you guys, your brain trust is now sitting down and saying, what's the best way we can deal with this without just turning it over to developers? Um, because they're salivating right now mm-hmm. at the thought of 1,100 acres in, in <laughs> Lake County and yeah. where the 53 might have gone through. And they're saying, oh, we got to get our hands on that. And I'm thinking, no, please, let's, yeah, there's a, let's there's do something a else. quote from a state representative, David McSweeney of Barrington Hills, quote, I believe they should competitively build the land out and sell that to private developers. How do you counter that? Well, you know, increasingly you'll see, we can see the effects of climate change. We can see them across Lake County especially. And what we also know is a growing body of evidence is saying that natural areas are actually a solution to climate change that we can use natural areas to pull in carbon from the atmosphere and we can use them to mitigate the flooding that's so widespread across Lake County, and we should use those opportunities that we have. Mm -hmm. And I imagine that the Ileana Tollway is still a concern as well on the south side. The Ileana Tollway is still a concern on the south side. (laughs) (laughs) 
he said without going into further detail dear, because dear, dear. We, we're paying attention to that too, and I know you guys are. Well, well, and you know, Open Lens has a long history of working on some of these major transportation projects in the region, but we mm-hmm. are very conscious that we're the third largest metropolitan region in the country, and we have changing needs. But we just want to make sure that the new projects we come up with don't jeopardize some of the amazing resources we have, whether that's community health farmland in rural areas mm-hmm. or natural areas. Mm-hmm. Like Medewin yeah. National Tall Grass exactly. Prairie, which I'm doing a benefit for on, on Thursday. So there you go. Well, uh, yeah, go, go ahead. No, go no. Ahead. I was going to say, well, so you're bringing up the climate change, and this is Lake County, and I might be leading into where you were going with this, but um, the rainfall impacts in Lake mm-hmm. County yep. and stormwater management and some of the new studies that are out, the... Um, the yes. update yes. to Bulletin, Bulletin, Bulletin 70, yes. which I don't we'll sure. need to explain to the listeners, mm-hmm. but it seems like it's a prime time it is. now I, to address <laughs> those 1,100 acres. Exactly. I mean, with climate change, it's always a prime time to do something. Um, but it's so, in the forefront. Exactly. And as you mentioned, so Bulletin 70 is state information that was put out, that's put out to um, help engineers understand how much rainfall they can expect in a given year. And this past spring, the Illinois State Water Survey updated those figures for the first time since 1983. And what they found is that Illinois, across the board, has received 11% more rainfall in 2017 as they did in 1983. They also found that Lake County is receiving between 20 and 45% more rain in 2017 than they did in 1983. And so the Lake County Stormwater Management Commission has taken the excellent step of saying, all right, we need to update our countywide figures to reflect this new mm-hmm. data and make sure that we're not building for flooding. And so they're now putting out an opportunity for the public to weigh in and offer their comments on what to expect or, you know, what they're seeing and what they would want as part of this new plan. Uh, and so there are going to be a series of meetings in Lake County, and mm-hmm. uh, you can go to my website, MikeNovak.net, uh, to get a, a link to those. And as a matter of fact, I can tell you that uh, there will be one on July 16th, Tuesday at 2 p.m. at the Highland Park City Hall, Wednesday, July 24th at the Barrington Village Hall, and Thursday, August 8th, uh, I'm sorry, the 24th meeting is at 10 a.m., uh, and then one in the evening on August 8th at Round Lake High School. Um, and this is your chance to be heard about this issue and to learn more about this. I mean, as as we know that, and we've talked about flooding issues on this show, and you know the MWRD is working very hard on this, and we actually uh, were spared a lot of flooding because of the work of Believe it or not, the big tunnel um, uh, really kind of saved us this spring uh, when we most needed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lake County doesn't have that infrastructure. Right. And so we are commending the Lake County Stormwater Commission for taking this step. Open Lands is encouraging residents of Lake County to attend these meetings and just make your voice heard. This is an opportunity to speak directly to elected officials about climate change. And we're encouraging Lake County to not just use the updated figure in Bulletin mm-hmm. 70 that came out this year, but to plan for climate change. We know that the the um, information that was included in the update to Bulletin 70 was observed changes. We know that's only going to continue. And so we're asking Lake County Stormwater Management Commission to go a step beyond, to use that data, but also anticipate further changes to our climate that we can expect. Well, you can always find all of this information and much, 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 much more at openlands.org. 
Um, whatever your concerns are about open areas, go check out their new map, uh, the Get Outside map, and uh, they're updating it probably starting tomorrow. Uh, Maybe somebody today will be working on it. Patrick Williams, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you so much for having me back. Thank you. And we will do it again in the very near future. All right, piping plovers, Montrose Beach, you know the drill. That's next, the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. This is Mike Novak. If you're a sustainable business and you're not part of the McHenry County College Green Living Expo, my question is, what? It's McHenry County's largest annual green living event, but it's one of the best green events in the area. These folks get it. The energy is palpable. They're ready to change the world now with your help as a vendor or sponsor. Call 815-479-7765 or email sustainability at mchenry.edu. Mosquitoes transmit deadly diseases like Zika and West Nile virus, but Summit Mosquito Dunks kill mosquitoes before they're old enough to bite. Just float an organic mosquito dunk in ponds, bird baths, and any standing water to kill mosquito larvae for 30 days or longer. Don't worry, mosquito dunks won't harm people, pets, fish, or wildlife. Mosquito Dunks, available at fine garden centers, hardware stores, and online. Visit SummitResponsibleSolutions.com. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at Mike Now. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, Mike at MikeNovak.net. We're also at TheGreenDivas.com and on the Gab Radio Network. Podcasts and blog posts are available every week at MikeNovak.net. Sign up for posts in our newsletter on the homepage and support the sponsors who support us. Look for their logos and specials at MikeNovak.net. If you're looking to invest in an electrical car or truck, make sure to hire a state-licensed electrical contract. The installation of that charger will require a permit in most municipalities. So make sure to check the ICC website for a certified contractor at icc.illinois.gov. You can also call DNR Services Unlimited. They've been a licensed electrical contractor since 1992. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We want to give a shout out to our friend Pat Skatch because he knows that uh, meteorologist Rick DeMaio is, is not around today. We uh, are sorry we can't help you with a weather forecast. He was willing to help us, but we have this show jam-packed. Um, and Pat, uh, Pat, maybe we'll do that next week, okay? Stand by, and we may give you a holler next week if you want to do a, a short weather forecast and maybe talk about some stats involving mm-hmm. rain in Chicago and, and the weather in general. Uh, Pat Sketch is the master of stats. He's stat sketch is what he is. <laughs> and, uh, and so we will do that. We know it's raining in New Orleans. It's, there's, they got a lot of water. Some of that might come this way. And that's it's all. It's going to be hot this week here. There we go. So that's all we need to know. Uh, and so we need to get, because we only have a few short minutes to talk about the situation at, uh, Montrose Beach. Uh, and, uh, in a recap, let me first introduce our, our, our guest, Marianne Lalonde. She's president of the Lakeside Area Neighbors Association or LANA. Uh, good morning, Marianne. Hi. 
Thank you for being on the show with us, and, and you did it at the last second, and I really appreciate that. Quick recap, as you know, there's supposed to be this concert called Mambi at the Beach, which used to be on the south side. They decided to move it to the north side uh, uh, near a very sensitive natural area, but not only just a natural area that is very sensitive, but an area that is used by thousands and thousands of people on the north side of Chicago for hiking and for picnics and for dog walking and for volleyball and you name it, okay? Uh, and it's at Montrose Beach. Uh, and the Mambi concert uh, claims they're going to keep doing it. Um, it's it's a situation. You know, we're we're just a little over a month away from that. And part of the problem is that we the the there are people. We've had a bunch of people on the show over the last few weeks, all of whom, to a person, have said you really shouldn't do this mm-hmm. concert there. Fifty thousand people over two days. Six thousand names on a petition, at least. Yeah, and so that takes us to this week uh yet another person to weigh in as i mentioned marianne lalonde is a is a neighborhood resident uh from the lakeside area neighbors association what are your folks saying marianne well um i know with your previous guest we've, we've gone over some of the impacts on the local businesses and on the community and especially on the piping silver habitat um i think Right now, the the most recent update is that the concert, if the plovers are still there, which is a big contingency, they will now hold it between Lawrence and Wilson, um, where there are some baseball fields in Inner Lincoln Park. So it would be moved slightly away from the nest. And I think personally this is because um, Jam Productions was open to legal scrutiny from the Endangered Species Act. Um, and having having it 1,000 meters away from the plover nest is actually a, a U.S. Fish and Wildlife standard. So he was um, definitely open to legal action before, and pushing it just far enough away um, removes that risk for him, but it actually causes increased problems for the community because that area faces directly White Hospital. So mm-hmm. now the sound is, will be pointed um, towards the hospital, and then behind Weiss Hospital, there's also a children's psychiatric hospital. So it would be very disturbing to the community. And as you mentioned, you and I talked yesterday, and you mentioned that that particular weekend, the 23rd and 24th of August, has a lot going on, including, and I did not know this, the Chicago Triathlon, which is on Sunday, and it goes all up and down Lakeshore Drive. Um, and... Uh, this is a day when they're supposed to have 25,000 people there at the lake. You mentioned that there are a concert at the Aragon Theater. Uh, the Cubs are in town, which is also a north, mm-hmm. no, north, yeah. north side <laughs> distraction. There's what, a big regatta downtown. Uh, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, um, the decision to start to close the exits on Lakeshore Drive that access our area, um, that doesn't come from Jam Productions. That actually comes from the Chicago uh, Police District. So that um, it's a safety issue for closures when the drive becomes too congested, when the lots near Montrose Beach are full. Um, exits on Lakeshore Drive can be shut in our area, and it's not uncommon even for just a very busy weekend at the beach to shut down the Montrose Beach exit um, off Lakeshore Drive which restricts access for emergency vehicles um, and for the neighbors that live here to come to and from our, our residences. Um, and having these additional events, the Cubs games are during the day, the Aragon concerts are at night, and the family activities for the triathlon actually start up at Foster Beach, and there's a kids' triathlon on Saturday morning up there. Um, 
these are all supplemental events, and and it's uh, setting up a, a a level of density that I think would be dangerous to our community, um, just from a, a safety and congestion perspective. But uh, the guy uh, from Jam Productions uh, says he's not backing down. He says this is going to happen. Um, and so uh, I think the question here that's uh, a, a, a little frustrating is that is this a done deal or is this not a done deal? And I'm not sure that everybody knows where we stand on this. He claimed, I imagine he claims he has a contract, but if that's the case, why isn't the park district just saying, Hey, this is going to happen. So let's all work Mm -hmm. together. In fact, there seems, there seems to be silence on the part of the park district. There has been a lack of transparency in the interaction between Jerry Mickelson and the park district. Um, The community has been brought in to a a set of meetings, but I'm not sure what the status of the contracts between Jam Productions and the Park District is. And the last we heard, the permits had not been issued. So there may be a contract in place, but he requires the permits to hold the event, a Park District permit. So it sounds like it's still open. And and I agree with you. The transparency is is not there at this point, considering how many people are affected by this and how all of them to a group have said, we really don't want this here. It seems like the only person who wants it there is Jerry Mickelson from Jam Productions. Well, and and some of the, uh, the attendees, the, some of the attendees. And there was unfortunately uh, a comment on one of the, the Facebook, po- a Facebook post about when is somebody going to kill those birds so we can get on with the concert? Wow. And, you know, is that, co- yeah, I saw <laughs> I heard about that, and I just thought, "Oh my goodness! Now, now we're now it's getting dangerous here." Uh, so, right. Well, fortunately, I don't hear that sentiment from my own neighbors. Um, I'm sure there are some people that that are really adamant about the concert going on. But I think another really important issue to bring up is um, how unique our public lakefront is. So, um, the lakefront protection ordinance and the public trust doctrine. Um, this, this harkens back to some serious Chicago history with uh, Montgomery Ward wanting to make Chicago's lakefront forever open, clear, and free. And when you have an event that has a high uh, ticket price or any charges any fee to access the public lakefront, that's really a violation of, of what we hold dear as Chicagoans. And some of the census tracts um, pressed up against the lakefront in our area are some of the highest poverty census tracts on the north side. And people really rely on the beach to um, take their families to in the summer. The park district programs for kids in public schools are are finished that weekend of the 23rd and 24th, and school doesn't start until after Labor Day. So I think a lot of families rely on the beach as a weekend activity to keep their children occupied then. And if they don't have access to that park that they're reliant on, um, it's just really against the public trust doctrine. Well, we're we're out of time, Marianne. Uh, thank you so much. What do you uh, very briefly? What do you plan to do? Just keep an eye on things. Um, I think we're definitely looking into putting a, a public statement out as a group. We still have to take a formal internal vote for that, um, and then reaching out to um, as individuals who are concerned, just reaching out to our representatives, whether that's um, the Chicago Park District directly or the mayor's office. Yeah, and, and 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 I will add that as the last statement. Where's the mayor in all of this? We have a brand new mayor. Want to make a statement? Want to show you have environmental chops? This might be a good time to step up. Thank you all very much, uh, Marianne Lalonde. Uh, I want to thank everybody else on the show today, Daniel Perry and Bill Stangle and Patrick Williams. Until next time, go green or go home.
Stadler? Yeah, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much. 